welcome back to Chaos Cast, the Chaos Community Podcast, where we share use cases and experiences with measuring open source community health. On the panel today are Don Foster and Anita Human, and myself, Georg Link. Let's go around and start with Anita, because we are discussing today project that she's been working on. So, hi, Anita. Who are you? Okay, thank you, Georg. Hello, everyone. I Anita Ihilman. I am a developer advocate and a technical writer, and I have spent a majority of my career contributing to chaos. I thought this project was one of those exciting ones that I'd like to give it a shot, and I think that's what we'll be talking about throughout today. Great to have you, Anita. We'll definitely talk about the research project about DEI metrics. Let's finish our round of introductions. Dawn. Hello, everyone. I'm Dawn Foster. I am Director of Data Science for the Chaos Project. I'm also on the Chaos Governing Board. And I have a few other roles outside of Chaos. I'm on the board of Open UK, and I am the co-chair for the CNCF Contributor Strategy Technical Advisory Group. And I am happy to be on this podcast to ask Anita some questions and learn more about her DEI research. Awesome. Welcome, Don. And I'm Georg Link, the Director of Sales at Biturgia in Chaos. I love doing the podcast episodes. I'm also on the board. I'm a co-founder. I facilitate the app ecosystem boarding group and I absolutely love the events that we host, the ChaosCon events. If you happen to go to Brussels to FOSDEM in February, I hope you can join us. We are having another ChaosCon on Thursday, February 1st. For today though, our topic is the DI metrics research that Anita has done and published on the Chaos blog post. And we'll include a link to the blog post in the show notes. So if you want to have a look at more details, either before or after listening to this podcast, that's a good place to start. So why don't we start? I'm going to ask Anita just kind of a background question. Why don't you tell us more about why you decided to do this research and why it's important to you? Okay. Yeah, thank you so much for that question. So when I started contributing to Chaos, I think four years back, yeah, it should be four years back now, I always wondered what metrics were all about. I thought it was interesting to have a bunch of guidelines, standards, and protocols that would guide other people on how they should behave in open source. But I wasn't really quite sure how they were used in real time. And one of the questions I always had is, how do we know if people are actually using this? Because we have like almost a hundred as of today. I don't even know if people actually go over this, if it's helpful to them. And so an issue actually came up about this particular discussion in one of the DEI working group meetings. It was specific to this particular question that I have had for so long. How do we know if people are utilizing the DEI metrics that we've developed? How effective is it and helpful is it to like, especially people from underrepresented groups, right? And I thought, okay, this would be a great chance to dig in and answer my questions while also helping other people to answer the same questions that, you know, I've been longing to get answers to. And that brought me here. So 
That's amazing, Anita. It's really great to hear that you had this drive to get answers. And when I was reading your blog post, I saw that you've collaborated with researchers at universities and reading the research method and the number of surveys and interviews that you've done almost sounds like this could have the quality for academic publication. And so wondering what your aspirations are to take this further and how you've designed the study. All right. So actually the idea for this particular study when we started it was to eventually get an academic publication for it. Through the interview, we got to uncover like really rich data from the study that helped us see the potential benefits of this feedback to the chaos team and also showcasing that we're actually on the right track in terms of the metrics. But it also, the results from this can also be beneficial to open source academias, community managers, event organizers, and even employees on how they can use these DEI metrics as a key player to their projects, DEI efforts, and all of that. So I would like to work on this in the nearest future to reporting it as an academic publication. And for now, we had to bring out the raw feedback that we got because a lot of persons that were involved got occupied at the time but eventually would like to move towards that angle as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm also curious, what do you think was the most maybe surprising or interesting finding throughout the research? I personally found a lot of things surprising, <laughs> but I'm going to just highlight two. The first is I always thought that code of conduct, things such as code of conduct was commonly accepted Thing in open source communities, right? But through these interviews, also the surveys, I got to see that some persons indicated their communities do not actually have code of conduct, something as important as the code of conduct. And I realized that most open, big open source communities as well do not have one in place. And it made me wonder how we can get to these people with these metrics just to make them realize the importance is something as a code of conduct. And I also learned that, which I actually found very interesting, that for most projects, the idea of DEI is seen as a myth. And so for some legacy open source projects, there is very little to no attention on the topic of diversity and inclusion for their projects. And some persons indicated that so long as their communities are able to promote their products and also increase their market profits, DEI might just be not of high importance to the communities. Or, and I really thought it was interesting that people actually saw DEI from that perspective. I just thought it was something to do for the general good, not particularly if it brings profits. Obviously, profits is something that communities should consider but for the general good and participation in open source, I think it's something that should be considered at every particular time, not necessarily if it brings profit, but yeah, I thought it was an interesting topic. I wonder if you've had similar feedbacks or thoughts. 
Yeah, I find that surprising too. And I wonder some of it is just, I don't know, self-selection bias in that the communities that I tend to gravitate towards and participate in, they do have codes of conduct. They do have diverse participation. So maybe it's just my own bias, but I'm kind of surprised that was such a big part of the people that you talked to. That's really interesting. That's so too. Yeah, I'm actually not surprised. I'm the same way, Don, what you were describing, the communities that I'm part of, I am looking for a code of conduct. And when I was looking through the most active GitHub repositories, I think it was less than a third that actually had a stated code of conduct. So I know there's still more work to be done. And so, Anita, you're talking about the DEI metrics. And there are two categories of DI metrics. One is focused on the projects and one is focused on events. And so I'd like to focus a little bit about the project for a moment. In your blog post, you write about some projects that have used the chaos DI metrics. Could you give us some examples or talk about the use case that they've had? I it was exciting to see that there are existing projects that are already utilizing these metrics. And there are some that are also considering incorporating them into their practices. And a good example is the Apache traffic control. Participants who happens to be on a particular project mentioned that they use these metrics to assess the inclusive participation to that particular project and how topics like leadership as well as mentorship have been coordinated within the projects. And I thought it was really great to see that people make efforts to see um, the end results of these metrics. And another great example is the feedback I got from someone who was running a research on the Apache Diversity and Inclusion Project. And they indicated that they are actually looking at the chaos metrics in terms of mentorships and contributor as well as user experience. They're looking at the metrics to improve these particular aspects in the project. And I thought it was also interesting to see that, okay, at least two projects from Apache Foundation are digging the topic of metrics. And because I'm also contributing to the Good Docs project, I also got to realize that some of the chaos metrics, particularly the code of conduct, were also used in the development of the community's resources around the um, code of conduct as well. I really thought it was an exciting feedback from participants and I'd like to see more of this. Yeah, it's exciting to see that open source projects are starting to pick up chaos DI metrics and applying them in these different ways to assess their own project health and how they are currently set up and what they can do better. And one of the things that I saw in your blog post also is that using these metrics helps to hold up a mirror and ask, what are we currently doing? Yeah, I think when you explain the topic of metrics to people, they automatically assume this is going to solve my problems. But when you look at the chaos metrics, you see that it just opens you up to what it is you're doing, whether it is good enough, whether it is not, how it is affecting people. 
And that's like another angle that I really like about it. The fact that it questions performance, especially in terms of our community health and all of that. Yeah, to follow up on that, as you mentioned earlier, the Chaos Project has a lot of metrics. If an open source community wants to improve DEI for their project, what DEI metrics do you recommend that they start with? All right, so I cannot pinpoint a particular metric that will automatically solve the community's DEI challenges or improve on it, because every single one plays a role in a particular angle. But I'm certain that as a project manager or a project owner, if you are considering improving on the diversity and inclusivity of your project, a good place would be to look at the leadership and as well as governance. And that is because if you focus on the leadership, you'll be sure to have one or two more persons that now share this intention with you and understand the part that you're coming from. Now, it's a lot easier to implement most of these DEI best practices if you have a team that actually understands what it is and what it can do to your community. You should also look at the mentorship as well as sponsorship and the mentorship in the sense that consider mentorship opportunities for underrepresented groups within your community. And then sponsorship in the sense that there are also people who are not opportunate enough to land some of these mentorships, but there are areas within your projects that they could do a lot of work if given an opportunity. So you should look out for like ways that you can sponsor people, be the voice that speaks for these people or these individuals within your community or project in a way that they would feel like they belong to your community enough to keep participating and keep showing up. Yeah, I think that's really important. On the leadership side, it's important for people to be able to see people that are like themselves in some ways as they're looking at participating. I think it it helps people see that there are people like them in the community. And so I think that's really important. And I do really think that mentorship and sponsorship are also really critical, just giving people those opportunities and helping them make a difference within the project, I think can really, really bring some people up within the community. Yeah, I agree. I'm curious if you have seen any, your interviews, any examples where someone has started using DIMD file that the Chaos Project and what is it, the All In Project together are championing? I know it's a really new project, DIMD file. I didn't see someone who is using it because I think that came much later after I was wrapped up with the interviews. But coincidentally, one of the participants did indicate that it would help a lot in championing DEI, the adoption of these DEI metrics, if we can recommend communities to have a document where they tell their stories about their DEI efforts. And much later, we started discussing about the DEI.md file. And I was like, oh, this is interesting to see that, okay, someone else actually thought it would be great to have it in the chaos community. And I also came across an open, an article recently, an open letter to the Python community or something like that, 
that discusses the challenges that people experience in terms of funding applications and all of that. And it made me look a lot more on how the chaos metrics can come in this particular situation and how some of these bodies that offer grants or like funding to communities can consider sponsorship as well and being the voice for other communities. Because I think that is what the article talked about. I would add the link here as well. But it's sad that at that time, not there was not a lot of response or anyone that actually represented the communities enough to put their word out there. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. I do hope that we can find more and better ways to help these communities adopt DI metrics to help assess their own state of DI, assess their own practices around DEI, and to then hopefully facilitate to improve the DI and open source projects. In the blog post, in the research, you also mentioned that some people have some concerns about using DEI metrics. Can you talk a little bit more about that and what are some of the concerns that people have? So you would think that something such as metrics around DEI cannot be floored, but after going over like the feedback from these interviews that we had, I also learned that different people share different opinions on the topic of metrics generally. And yes, some people raise concerns that the difference in culture and background could introduce varied perspectives. And so what Mr. A considers a norm may be against Mr. B's beliefs. And I learned that some people may question the effectiveness of metrics in this situation because metrics could support another group over the other group. And I thought it was interesting angle to look at things from. Another concern that I also thought was pretty interesting was that the idea of inclusivity could mean things, different things to different people, depending on what they are used to. And so how do we determine if these metrics are themselves inclusive to everyone globally, since we haven't really gotten to know the different opinions of all open source contributors around the world? And if you take notes, both seem to share, both concerns that I pointed seem to like be around the diversity that exists in communities and how metrics could be conflicting in situations like this. And I just thought it was interesting. What do you think about this exactly? Yeah, I, I found that really, really an interesting part of the research because I think that Metrics can be misused. People have concerns about how they're going to be used. People have concerns about you know, the fact that measuring might highlight something that they don't want other people to know. So there are a lot of things that people think about that aren't necessarily positive when it comes to metrics in general, but in particular, the DEI metrics, because they tend to be a, a lot more sensitive. And so I think a lot of people do have concerns around measuring some of these DEI aspects of their community. So we've been talking about diversity, equity, inclusion metrics for open source projects. We have 
other DI metrics in chaos that are focused on events that we are hosting. And what I have seen, and I'm curious to hear your opinion on this, Anita, is when I go to open source events, more and more events are showing the DI metrics. It's something that event organizers are really attuned to, at least events that I've gone to. And when I go to an event and they have the chaos DI event badge on their website and then even on signage at the venue when I go there, I, well, for one, feel proud for that they are using the chaos metrics. And I also think it's fantastic that they feel it's so important to really make an effort to demonstrate that they are following the DI best practices that they know about. So what are your findings related to the chaos DI event metrics? The event badges seems to be the most popular of the, the chaos programs. I think maybe it's because the first to get out there. And through the interviews, I learned that a lot of persons shared stories on how the DEI metrics made a lot of difference in how they participated at an event, how in communities that these metrics or at events that these metrics were considered and implemented, and also in communities that they were not. And most persons did have more of positive stories like how things such as accessibility at events for both people with hard on hearing, people who are probably disabled and need some form of help with accessing the venue and the difference in gender and all of that. I got a lot of comments on how just seeing that the community is open to some of all of this made a lot of difference for the attendees at these conferences. And I also got to see that event organizers as well recognized that these metrics helped the events, overall experience of the events for both the attendant, attendees and also the speakers. And so overall, I believe that DEI metrics especially the ones for events, as something that every open source event should consider in order to support diverse participation. And I really like to see more and more open source communities pick on this event badging and get themselves badged so they can showcase how much effort they're putting in because some projects are putting in the efforts but it's hard because you're either not a part of that particular event or you never attended it and you just heard from hearsay. And so having to go through the badging, events badging might just be a great place to get started to showcase that you're doing awesome work in terms of the inclusivity of the event. That's one of the things that I have found really kind of exciting is that people get super excited about getting their chaos DEI badge for their event. I know being part of Open UK, I know how excited the team was when they got notified that they had achieved the badge for last year. And then again, for this year, for the State of OpenCon event in February. And so it's really nice to see communities outside of the world that I live in with the chaos 
get so excited about achieving these DEI badges because Anita, as you mentioned, like a lot of these events do so much work to make sure that they're representative and inclusive. And so having the recognition for that, I think is is exciting for a lot of people. Yes, it definitely is. And another experience was that of the Open Source Community Africa. They also got badged for their previous event and it did make a whole lot of difference because there were like options provided for people engaging. There were headphones for people who needed those. I thought the experience was a lot better compared to the previous ones that I participated. And at the time, they didn't go through the events matching process. So I think it does help a lot. I know we have a separate podcast episode on the badge. It's episode 36, where we hear from event organizers how the process works. For those who have not heard about the badge, maybe can take a moment to explain how the Chaos DI badging helps event organizers implement the Chaos DI metrics. Yeah, well, just like you mentioned earlier, these DI metrics are more like a mirror that is placed right in front of your face. For an event organizer, we having organized a couple of events, I know that in lots of times, I feel like we, we've checked all the boxes and just on the day of the event, you will definitely see that like so many persons that have complaints on, oh, I didn't get this. The event was not fair to me. Oh, I didn't participate because of this. And so many people leave the events with like bad comments and experiences, which sometimes are not intentional because you must have missed it. But these DI metrics will definitely draw attention to areas that might seem very minute, but tend to play a huge role in the overall experience of events, participants, and attendees. And so as an event organizer, I think it's something to consider, regardless of how small the event may be, so long as a gathering of people from diverse backgrounds that are coming to share their stories and all of that, I think it's something to consider because you might not have ticked all of those boxes and this metrics and this event badging process would also help you see those areas that you haven't ticked off. And I think that is the really great thing about the chaos DEI badge for events that you don't have to have all of the things already in place, but it's a way who work together with the Chaos Project on holding up that mirror and asking questions around, how diverse is my speaker lineup? Do I have the ability to offer diversity access tickets? What have I done to accommodate different people that might want to participate in the conference? And going through the badging process, the first step is to do a reflection on the metrics, how you stand today. And if you don't meet a certain criteria, that's okay. The only requirement is that we ask that you have done the reflection, not that you necessarily meet a certain criteria for how inclusive the event itself is. And then we have a dialogue through the review process. And often we see events taking note from that saying, oh, 
this is something easy enough for us to do in the planning process. And now we've improved the event for everyone. So I think we've about reached the end of our prepared questions for you, Anita. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything else you want to mention about the research? I think the only thing I'd like to add is that this research was an eye-opener, not only for the chaos community, but I think it's something that every open source community can look at, especially when you're between whether or not these metrics would help your community or whether or not it's something to consider for your project or something. It's a great eye-opener because you see different people's angles, you see different perspectives on how these metrics could potentially be a lot more used in the open source community at large. And so I think if you haven't gotten a chance to look at this article yet, you can also go over it and just see the amazing things that we got to learn from this entire research as a whole. I think that's really wonderful point to end this segment of the episode. Thank you, Anita, for sharing your experience with the DI metrics research that you've done and talking through some of the deeper questions that Don and I had. And now if we transition to the last segment of this podcast, the value ads, where we share something that has brought value, joy, or meaning to our life recently. And for me, right now it's the season in December before Christmas. And there's a German tradition that I've grown up with, the advent calendars, where every day you get to open a door or a bag and get a little treat. And I have taken this advent calendar tradition and I'm applying this here in the United States with my family, where I've created advent calendars for not just the kids who get a little candy and a sticker and a little toy every now and then, through the 24 days leading up to Christmas, I also made an advent calendar for my husband and he likes rubber ducks. And so he's getting a small little tiny rubber duck every day that is showing up in a random place in the house with a little note with yeah some positive message on it. And he really enjoys finding those. Oh my God, I love that. Here's a funny thing that I don't even remember how it started, but my mom and I, whenever we're in each other's houses, we hide little rubber ducks for that person to find like after we've left. Love that you're doing this for every day for the advent calendar. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I love that finding a secret hidden message or something. It always keeps the excitement up even after someone leaves again. That's fantastic. So my value add is carbon dioxide monitor, actually. I've been reading some of the, the research on how carbon dioxide affects cognitive function. So the higher it is, the less clear you are likely to be thinking. So I got a carbon dioxide monitor for my office to encourage me to open the window a little bit for a few minutes and get some fresh air and clearer thinking when the CO2 levels get too high. So that's my value add. That's really cool. <laughs> you didn't know that. It actually affected how you think. Interesting. 
Okay, so personally, my value add is actually seeing the end of this entire study. I really liked the efforts that myself and members of the chaos community put towards this. And the possibilities of taking these findings further is something that I am actively looking forward to. So I'm really happy to share that. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing all you've learned in this process. Shaping up really well. Well, it is time to say thank you. Thank you, Nita, for coming on this episode today. Thank you, Don, for being on the panel. And thank you, dear listener, for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time, your chaos community. <laughs>